Today on the show, we're talking about wants versus needs. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney. I'm your host of Simple Money Solutions Podcast, and today I'm joined with my co-host Trevor, and we're revisiting a subject that we haven't talked on in, in quite a long time, and it's the subject of wants versus needs. Yeah, so wants versus needs, this is a, a, a struggle everybody listening to this podcast has maybe even on a daily basis, but for sure, I, I would say at least once a week, I struggle with it constantly. And it's really the want first need dilemma is it, it can be your financial undoing if you don't have a good grasp of it. So I find that really fascinating that you said that even you struggle with this. So is this kind of one of those financial concepts that we that will maybe spend our whole life mastering? Well, the problem is it, it's a moving target. Your wants and your needs are evolving as time goes on, and and because it's a moving target, you you can't define them and say, you know, this will in my life will always represent a want, and this will always represent. If actually, chances are, there's some basic needs that will never change. But your needs will evolve. What used to be a want becomes a need, and what what was a need evolves into a want, depending on the phase of life you're in. Wow! So that right there, just kind of the way you describe that, really speaks volumes to why why this this issue is is so important to talk about on this podcast, and so important to keep in the forefront of our minds at all times when we are thinking about the first level finance landscape. I mean, here's an example. Here's a real high level. So. When I was younger and it was just me and my wife, we had no kids, we wanted a house. We wanted a, a place we could call our own. So that, that was a want. Fast forward 10 years, I have uh, uh, me, my wife, and three kids and a dog. You think I could get by in a one-bedroom apartment? Not a chance. So I needed, <laughs> I, did, I wasn't prepared to try either, but I needed a house, right? It, like It was no longer a want. It was a need. I I, okay, so some people do raise a family in a one-bedroom apartment. I'm saying it can't be done. But given my economic scenario, I, I, I called it a, a need. No, definitely. And, and I think that at the core is what we hope to kind of break down during this episode, the, the how to identify a want versus a need and, and, and really kind of how to do that for yourself. Because Trevor, I'm sure you were the first to agree that it can get, it can get tough to try to navigate that, that want versus need space. It is that fine line. And I'm sure everyone listening to this can, can, are nodding their head right now in agreement. Well, when we go through this episode, I've got this list of five Five things, they end up being these telltale signs that you know you are satisfying a want or a need. For me, they are. And I think if you if you keep these five things in your mind all the time, you'll know if you're kind of cheating yourself into convincing, you know, this is a need, it's not a want. So I, 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 these help me all the time. So let's kind of jump into the core of this episode. So this episode was actually inspired by a, a listener email we received this this past week. Um, I'll, I'll kind of break it down about what the, what the this listener kind of brought forward to us and just reaching out uh, for for thoughts from Trevor on on her situation. Um, so uh, this listener, uh, she's been listening to her podcast for quite a while now, and she loves it. So thank you so much for that. Um, but she does have a question about 
um, Trevor's a statement that he always says. Can anyone guess what it is? The sixty-five thousand dollar truck. Um, this set- no, I just like to I just like to say that the sixty-five thousand dollar truck is a metaphor for losing your mind financially. So he, he, I do dislike sixty-five thousand dollar trucks without question, but. There's a lot of things that I could substitute in for a $65,000 truck that drive me just as crazy. But that's, that's a very kind of tangible example. Um, so this listener, she has a family of four, um, two young kids um, who are all extremely passionate about camping. Um, and she says that she debated for many years with her husband about the truck issue. He wanted to get one and she did not. Um, anyway, she said that she finally um, they finally made the purchase four years ago because it allowed their camping gear to fit in a vehicle as opposed to um, they have a Nissan Versa as well, which is a smaller car. Um, So she said she bought a Ford Edge crossover, not really a truck per se, but still. And then they plan on keeping that that, uh, Ford Edge for over 10 years. Um, so as she said, her second car is a 10-year-old Nissan Versa, which they, they do plan on keeping for a while as well. Um, she says that, I'll have to admit, our truck was a great purchase for our family, um, but she doesn't see how they could have enjoyed camping, paddleboarding, and all the out- other outdoorsy and healthy things that her and her family love to do. She loves how practical it is and, and, uh, and reassures us that it's not an ego thing. Um, and she said, for the record, they always buy new cars. Um, the truck is now... No, they never... Oh, yeah. We never buy, never buy new, new cars. Car. Yeah, always used. Um, the truck is now f- uh, fully paid. And, and on top of that, they'll be do- now done, done paying um, their forever home off in five years. So she says the truck was with, within our uh, budget and financial plan. So that's, that's the email from a listener. Um, incredible situation. And uh, she's looking for Trevor's thoughts on this. But I want to start off with just congratulations on on reaching, on paying off your truck, paying off the Ford Edge, and also um, being able to pay off your forever home in, in five years. You know, I think, I don't know, Trevor, I think there is a lot of, of on-trackness with this, uh, on-track financially with this, this, uh, this email and this scenario that she has, her and her husband have. Well, as an added note, they're doing this with a young family. I mean, accomplishing all those goals when your cost base is probably at its highest, when you have a really young family, it tends to be a, a lot of money's required to, to fund a, a lifestyle of a family. But when I read this email, this was kind of in response to our used car episode is what I got from it. But I really think this is somebody who's wrestling with wants versus needs. That, that That's what I pulled out of this is is this person is is debating whether this Ford Edge, which is not a $65,000 truck, it's, it's something more modest than that. It, and I think they're, they're wrestling with, is it something they really need or are they just satisfying a want? And when I look at this, clearly they, if anyone's familiar with the Nissan Versa, is it is a super small car. So if, if they managed a young family in a car like that, they're better than me because I, I, as soon as I had a young family, I said, okay, I need, I'm doing air quotes here, I need a van. Well, I didn't need a van. I wanted a van. I wanted to be comfortable, right? And you said you didn't have, you, you said that you used to have, you have two big vans too at that. <laughs> I was trying to corner the market in these Astro <laughs> vans. <laughs> Identical big vans. <laughs> I abandoned vans. that idea. Yeah. But, but I, I, I was satisfying, looking back, I, I was satisfying a want. You know, I want. I wanted everyone to be comfortable. We could have got by in a smaller car. So, 
to to this person who wrote in, I, I think you, you know, knowing what a Ford Edge is, it's a very modest vehicle. It, it I'm sure it's going to meet your needs. If I don't know if they have a trailer they pull, but I'm pretty sure it, it'd be capable of doing that. So th- this sounds like a, a very modest car purchase. The other thing to point out is they don't owe on these cars. They may have borrowed money, but not for very long. It probably, it sounds like it fit in my window of three years. A car loan is, is the max I would borrow for. Again, it was used. I applaud these people. I think they, they did a fabulous job on on their transportation needs. And and I guess that, this email and, and, and the thoughts of um, this listener, that really leads us into today's episode. And, and, and hopefully we can relate your points, Trevor, to, to kind of walk through um, how this listener could maybe justify to herself moving forward with future purchases, how something is a want versus a need. Uh, before we jump kind of into, you've, you always make such fantastic lists. So we are, we are going to jump into one of your lists. Um, but before we do, I kind of want to ask the question. You did identify earlier that your needs and wants are going to change over the course of your life because your life never stays the same. But can someone else who's not in your shoes look at you and, and say, no, that's not a need or that's not a want? Are, are you the individual, the only one able to objectively assess that? Or can someone else aid in doing that for you or with you? Well, it's something that's, you know, a borderline need versus want. Something that's really close. I, I think you'd be hard pressed to look at somebody else's situation and say, oh, they're just satisfying their, their wants in life. That couldn't possibly be a need. Something that's extreme, like, I mean, somebody who, I'll say granite countertops. Nobody needs granite countertops, right? That, 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 is, that couldn't be further from a need. That is a want. But somebody who gets a new countertop because their old one is, is falling apart, someone could question whether that's satisfying a need or a want. So I, I think as it, as it gets closer and closer or the gray area of need versus want, I think it's an individual thing. But at, at an extreme, I, I think they're easy to spot. And, and, and when I, following that, and to at least back to our email that we received, one of the things that kind of was apparent um, within this listener's email was the maybe worrying about others, others' thoughts of her decision and their decision as a family, which relates back to kind of the earlier, the question I just asked before that, can someone else identify that? I mean, when we do make these decisions for ourselves, I feel like, there, there is a lot of us that, that maybe will wonder, is someone going to think this is just a want? They, they know I have another vehicle. Is, is this, is this, or sorry, rather a need? I mean, where, where does it kind of fall? Well, what you're describing is, is when your ego gets in the way, right? So you really shouldn't even care, right? You should not care at all what other people think. If you're, if you think you're being financially responsible and you are, have your financial house in order, you shouldn't really care what other people think, right? I, 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 I'm at the point where I'm beyond judgment. And it did sound um, from the email, like you said, that the decision to to buy that new vehicle for that listener was one that was in, within their financial means. I think, well, if the fact that it's paid for says this works. Definitely, definitely. I agree with that. So I kind of want to, again, before we get into to the list you've put together, I do want to kind of talk about the problem with wants. So it, it's obviously 
I would say rather human to have wants. I, th- I think that's kind of the part that fortunately or unfortunately um, makes us human. But what is at the core of the problem with having wants? So the problem with wants is as you satisfy a want, the, o- the only thing a want delivers is excitement. People think the latest iPhone is going to bring them happiness or a brand new car is going to bring them happiness. It brings excitement and very short-lived excitement. So as soon as that want gets incorporated into your day-to-day life, it just becomes another object that you have to look after or manage or or, or whatever, but it, it's not going to bring lasting happiness. If you satisfy a need, it just just say you need a winter coat. Just say your your old winter coat has holes in it, 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 it all of its insulationing is gone and you get a new winter coat that thing is going to bring happiness every single winter day you put it on so that's an example of of a a want versus a need also if you get into a cycle of satisfying wants it becomes an unquenchable thirst you because once the excitement of that want is gone you you need another hit your adrenaline, you need another hit of excitement. So you end up going onto Amazon and buying something else. You know, there was other, something else you put in your favorites and you're going to buy it. Wait for that package to show up for more excitement. So the problem with getting on the want cycle is, is you can't get off. It becomes addictive. So I have two questions from that. My first is, why don't we learn? Why don't we come to this realization ourselves? Why why do we get sucked in again and again to this phenomenon of, of seeking excitement rather than happiness? Well, I, I just think it's an addiction. Like and, and, and you you if you can't identify that you are pursuing a want, and don't get me wrong, it's okay to have wants. But don't let them get in the way of your financial goals, right? So it, it, the minute wants start impeding your financial progress, that's when you've crossed the line. I mean, we, we satisfy wants all day long, not in February, but any other month of the year. If you go out and get a coffee at Tim Hortons, <laughs> <laughs> frugality February, never forget that one. But if you go to Tim Hortons to get a coffee, you're satisfying a want without question. No, Nobody needs a coffee from Tim Hortons. You could have made one at home. So there's nothing wrong with having wants. Just don't let them get in the way of your financial goals. Just to sidetrack for a second, I don't think we realized when we said it Frugality February, where if, if anyone's just tuning in now, it's this challenge we did this February and every February, where we challenge you not to buy coffee or tea out for the whole entire month. And Trevor, I don't think we ever realized that February is also when Roll Out the Rim comes out. And we do live in Canada, so that is, I, I just can't believe we didn't think of that. But I guess that adds to the level of challenge that frugality february presents yeah that, that's an extra extra challenge i've never won and roll up the rim anyway so it's not a game changer for me fair so i want to go you mentioned the point about the coat so some people definitely argue me on this that are the quality of our goods are not is actually being manufactured in a more poor and poor way and, and that our goods aren't lasting as long as they once did maybe or it's easier to get fast fashion um which which are which are goods that maybe shrink or or just form so that that is that is an area but i mean if you do pursue the other route and buy high quality goods 
these are more, these are goods that aren't going to really maybe wear down as fast and you won't be able to replace them as fast. So, I mean, as, as a almost 50 year old man, maybe you enjoy the same wardrobe, but what about other people who maybe love squishing up their wardrobes, um, more frequently or how does that even accommodate the ability to be kind of flexible? And again, I'm not saying that all almost 50 year old men, uh, do enjoy the same wardrobe. I just know you personally. Um, but how does, how does that accommodate that lifestyle? Well, you're talking about like fast fashion, right? Is that kind of yeah, yeah. But I mean, just for anything, it's it's like how how do you how if you don't have these kind of wants to, I mean, like just to kind of pick on your your Bluetooth earbud thing, how when you buy something, you if you only kind of want one pair of Bluetooth headphones, you you might spend a lot more time. Um, pursuing it kind of researching and making sure that's the exact one that you want because maybe you're only going to get one because you could argue that a bluetooth headphone one pair is actually a need because it allow you know what i mean like it could be at some level but how do you how do you enable yourself to, to acquire new things when your old things haven't actually like worn out whether it's a countertop whether it's a jacket whether it's anything if you are going to pursue wants so bluetooth earbuds off amazon are like 35 bucks right so i they're not going to make or break me financially. Now, if if I started filling closets full of these things, I, I might have to revisit that. But I, I think if, if if you're satisfying wants, just say you have a an addiction to ATVs, you know, these four-wheel off-road vehicles, and you have a garage full of those uh, be, because you always want the latest one, you, you, you could ruin yourself financially with something like that. But, I, I mean, small-ticket items, like some fast fashion... I, I, like I say, it's okay to have wants in your life. Just don't let them destroy you financially. I, there's there's an expression I, I've heard, and this one kind of resonates with wants versus needs. It's life is really simple. We just choose to make it complicated. And one of the biggest factors we use to complicate it is we put wants before needs. And th- what this does is it flips the muscle hierarchy of needs upside down. Ooh, I and like that. Knows, and so I'll give you an example of this let's call transportation a need in our society. We need to get to work. We need to get places. Canada's a big country. Transportation's important here. Climate's cold. So if you have somebody who's really young, like say they're 18 years old, and they buy, <laughs> my favorite example, a $65,000 truck, <laughs> clearly they satisfy the transportation needs and then some, right? They've exceeded their transportation needs with this vehicle. And it's getting in the way of them buying or paying for shelter, right? It's getting, they might be making these huge truck payments. It's getting in the way of them buying food. They might be putting their groceries on their credit card because they're making these truck payments. So when you flip your hierarchy of needs upside down or, or you just go after the wants and forget about the needs, this is where it goes off the rails. Wow, that's that's powerful because, yeah, you you spend so much on on these goods that you can't that you can't afford that you actually can't afford to live, and and that's that right there is why you always say that you we should be pushing the 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 emergency button when these scenarios do arise, and that is why. Now let's just say you had a job, and you had to commute some insane like three hours each way. Just say that was your commute to your job, and it it was a great paying job. Just say it made sense. It, it never would, but just say it did. Then, then, then your transportation needs would have changed, right? You now need a super reliable, super new vehicle that's going to get you to your job and back. But if you just 
work in the same town you live in, all of a sudden you spend too much on transportation and you've exceeded your needs. That really highlights how how your needs and wants do vary based on on tiny circumstances like how far you live from your job. So so it really it really kind of shines light to how important it is to constantly reevaluate your situation and your needs and wants in relation to your situation. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a constantly evolving. I mean, if if anything changes in your financial life, chances are your needs and wants have evolved at some level. And we, we, we have done an episode in the past where we talked about um, kind of the automation process and how that can be dangerous in the terms of um, automatically renewing subscriptions and things like that. But needs and wants, it's almost like food. We need food because it's a, it's a human thing to survive. Just like having needs or wants are healthy because it keeps us alive. It keeps us motivated. It keeps us moving forward. But at the same time, this one area, this one aspect in our life might be the most important to to constantly reevaluate. I mean, you could probably spend all day constantly assessing your needs and wants to, to ensure you're on top of them. I think just every time you reach for your wallet, you need to just quickly ask yourself, Am I satisfying a need or a want? It might not change the fact you still may continue with the purchase, but I think you need to know when you're spending money, if you're spending it on a need or a want, because I think your your decision-making process is going to vary dramatically. Like like if, if I'm buying toilet paper, <laughs> I mean, I'm not debating... I'm not getting buyer's remorse. I'm not debating, you know, is is this really a good idea? I mean, I'm buying it every single time. <laughs> I think that might be a need. No, a want, sorry. So uh, when we are talking about wants, though, I mean, toilet paper obviously wouldn't be one, but when, if ever, should we pursue our wants? So I think you should pursue wants that are not going to erode your long-term wealth. And here's an example. Here, here's a want I've been pursuing for quite some time. I've been pursuing the want of early financial independence. And this is without question a want. And I've been spending money on it, a great deal of money, right? My, my whole life I've been investing and saving for early financial independence. The funny thing is this, the money that I've put into early financial independence is going to eventually turn around and start satisfying needs like food and shelter. So right now, my financial independence expense is a want. And and it's something I've wanted for a long time. So that's an example. So if you can figure out a want that is not, so mine is actually going to make me prosper long term. But if you can satisfy wants that aren't going to destroy you long term, like depreciating vehicles, then I think you, you you kind of avoid disaster. That's a really novel concept in the fact that you've taken want, which could technically have a negative connotation, and applied it to a very positive, very admirable um, situation that you are actively pursuing. Here's a common want. So I'll use the cell phone as an example. Is that a want or a need in our society? What do you think? 
based on conversations we've had on the podcast, we, we've kind of come to the conclusion that it is a, a need just simply due to how heavily we rely on, on cell phones as a society and how it does so much. I mean, I, I can't remember any phone numbers, but my phone can, which, which is dangerous, right? Needs that, that need can become dangerous. Like here, if, if I stopped somewhere like a gas station and asked for directions, <laughs> what are the chances that somebody's going to actually know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. No, no, no one has asked me for directions in 10 years. I've, nobody said, said, do you know how to get to, right? And, and so if I stopped and asked someone for directions, people might call the police, right? <laughs> this, this creep's bothering me, you know? So, so I, I say good luck. It, it, you could get by without a phone, right? A smartphone. It's possible, but it'd be hard. I'm saying navigating society today like you couldn't call an Uber, right? Yeah, I know. And you you couldn't get directions somewhere, not not confidently. In fact, if you're driving around and you're slowing down at every street and trying to read every street sign, you're going to cause an accident, right? People people expect you to know where you're going today with cars because you have a GPS built into your phone. So I, I think so. There's an example where the phone has evolved from a want when they first came out. They were toys. And now they're tools, right? They are tools to survive in society. So you could survive without it. You would be the exception. You would probably work really hard at some things that other people, they would just pull their phone to solve. Uh, I, think, I think they're in need. But they were at one time a want. I want to go back to your early financial independence and kind of unravel that a little bit more. So... When you say that you spent a great deal of money on it, you mentioned that it was kind of the investments that you've made, but you've only been able to pursue this want because you've also been satisfying um, the needs, the needs at the bottom of the Maslow hierarchy of needs. You have been satisfying successfully your housing, your food, and now you're you're at the top of the triangle is what you're saying. You're, you, you have enough uh, financial financial means at your disposal to achieve that want. And well, and I've also chosen not to satisfy um, wealth destroying wants, right? Like I, I haven't lost my mind on home improvements. I haven't lost my mind on on cars and trucks. I haven't lost my mind on recreational vehicles. I, I've chosen to satisfy other wants, right? So this is as much a want as all those other things I just said, but I, I've made a different choice. Definitely, and I think that kind of shines light on how motivating and, and positive wants can be because as I said earlier, they can sometimes have that really negative connotation. Like here's, here's one, here's one vacations. Now I would say everybody needs a vacation at some point. If you are grinding out a job 40 hours a week for uh, 52 weeks a year, you absolutely need a break from that. You need downtime. You need a vacation from from that that day to day grind, the question becomes how much of a vacation? Like like to to what extent do you need to go to Hawaii or you do you need to go just somewhere nearby? I mean that is somebody somebody's individual decision. But I would so but but at the same time, if you've been on three cruises this year, I'm I'm going to say two of those, <laughs> two of those were clearly wants. One of them possibly a need. I just I find that very interesting that there are some wants you should pursue. However, 
is the the caveat you have to you should be able to satisfy your needs if you are going to pursue that one would that be kind of the overarching kind of a check of reason in that in that case if you don't satisfy your needs first in life in general you just take something really simple which is life and you just you just throw a wrench into it you make it super complicated because if you deal with your wants first and, and you start satisfying uh, wants and then all of a sudden these needs show up and you haven't got the resources to satisfy them like a winter coat winter boots uh, food to feed your family uh, money to pay your rent you know if, if if you've spent all your money on entertainment and then all of a sudden you find out your rents due and you don't have any money then life gets really complicated because you have to all of a sudden you have to come up with a, a plan a strategy to satisfy that need because you have to pay your rent and also, too, on top of that, our wants are really can be limitless, whereas our needs are a little bit more confined to a very, a very manageable amount, just food, shelter. That is very true. You can generally put your hands around your needs and identify them. The problem is people don't take the time to identify their needs. They, they just tunnel vision on their wants. And I, I think on that note, it's a great time to step into your list of five ways that we can identify a want versus a need. So, and, and then following that, we're going to talk about how to control your wants. And then we, Trevor's put together another phenomenal list of, of five ways we can do that. So to, to go back to our list of identifying a want versus a need. And again, this relates as well back to the email from our listener about um, her family's uh, journey on and deciding that their Ford Edge was a want versus a need. Or sorry, a need versus a want. So let's jump into number one. And number one is your decision, your, your, your purchase requires justification. So this one, you know, you're, you're, you're analyzing a want is if your justification is very elaborate. I mean, you've gone to great lengths to describe how your life is not complete. There's this huge hole in your world because there is not a recreational vehicle sitting in your driveway. I mean, I can't believe I have survived this long and I don't own an RV or I don't own a boat. I can't believe I'm like 50 and I don't have a boat. I mean, I've lost my mind. <laughs> and, and people will go through great lengths. They'll, they'll pull people. If you, are, if you can't quickly justify, like our listener wrote in an email, they, she, it sounds like she, she put some pretty solid parameters around her vehicle needs. And if you can't quickly, and I mean quickly, justify a purchase, then just know, and there's nothing wrong with it, just know you're probably satisfying a want. But my new purchase looks really cool. <laughs> well, th then you're not really good at justification. <laughs> like, oh, I'll go back to the winter coat. I spend very little time convincing myself that I need a new winter coat. You know, I, in fact, the last winter coat I bought, I, I, come, it was coming up on winter, and the, I just kept thinking how cold I was last winter. And I said, I'm not going to go through that again. I ain't going to get a new winter coat. So it, the, the justification was really quick, right? And, uh, and here's the problem. If I let my winter coat get so old and I was so cold, I kind of went, I, I'm going to say I bought more winter coat than I needed. So there's a problem with, so I satisfied a need, but I, I bought this coat. It's like, it's almost too warm. <laughs> as soon as I get inside of a building, I got to peel this thing off. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I I, I had very little, like I, normally I ask my wife 
you know, do I need a set of Bluetooth earbuds? What do you think? <laughs> I, I will ask her that question occasionally, right? And she'll say no, but I'll ask her anyway. But the winter coat thing, I, I didn't even ask her. In fact, she's, we were at a store and she goes, I didn't even know you're looking for a winter coat. And I said, oh yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not going through another winter with that thing that, that I had before. So I didn't even consult her. I just, I knew I was getting a winter coat. She, she didn't realize I, I was that uncomfortable last winter. So that's an example. I, I spent almost no time justifying that need. So that's an example of how you, you justify that to yourself. And we kind of talked to this earlier, but I mean, if you, if, if people are questioning why you bought a winter coat, if people are questioning maybe the, the advanced functionality of your coat, is that, does that ever kind of in, become something that you internalize that you kind of question yourself? Oh, wow. maybe, maybe I didn't need the, the, like the zip away liner. Maybe I didn't, is it like, how do you, how do you kind of deal with that? I know you said you kind of have to keep those really keep those opinions out, I guess, but how do you, maybe bigger purchase? How does, how can our listeners, how can you, how do you go about dealing with that? So you're kind of moving on to number two, which is, the functional utility of whatever it is you bought. So, so the second item on my list was, you know, you kind of know you're, you're satisfying a want more than a need is if the thing you bought exceeds its functional utility. And so I'll go back to granite countertops. So laminate countertops are like a, a 10th the cost of granite. And you can prepare a meal and feed a whole family on laminate countertops. I've been doing it for years, and, and I, I raised a family. No one had food poisoning. We all survived. <laughs> and now if I had granite countertops, I mean, I love granite countertops. I think they look beautiful. But they exceed, from a cost standpoint, they exceed their functional utility. Those things are bulletproof. I mean, I hope there's nothing going on in my kitchen that needs to withstand the, the abuse granite countertops could take. Cause I don't want to be in that kitchen when that explosion happens. <laughs> Cause I mean, you could burn a house down and those granite countertops, you might be able to recycle them and put them in another house. That's how, that's how durable they are. So that is an example of those are wants beyond comprehension. I mean, those are without question a want. Now he, here's, here's one I've wrestled with air conditioning. Now, is that Ooh. a want or is that a need? So a furnace, so we're going to talk about climate control in your house, a furnace clearly is a need. I mean, if you don't have a furnace, you're going to freeze to death, right? Yes. But air conditioning. I have an answer to this. I have an answer to okay. this. So okay. fun fact as a an apartment liver or renting an apartment, I have never had air conditioning in any of my apartments. So I'm going to straight up say that that is a want because I have survived. I, it, it's, don't, don't get me wrong. We need a, a plethora of fans and and it, it, you definitely can't wear a sweater in your home in the summer. And it's a little uncomfortable, don't get me wrong. Like last summer, it was hot in the city I live in. But we we survived. Just like a dishwasher, same thing. It's it, it, They really just add comfort to your life. So here here's, an, here's how wants and needs can evolve. Now, let's just say you're 95 years old. Yeah. Do you, is that air conditioner still a want no, or is it a need? It probably will become a need at that point. But as a yeah, energetic twenty something year old who who can is a little bit more resilient to to environmental factors and who was able to kind of relocate to the to the park with with shade if needed, like I think that definitely it, it, it be, it's so, a it's a want. 
you hit the nail on the head. It's the resilience. So the older you get, you become a little less resilient, a little more sensitive to temperature change. I think, I think the air conditioner evolves into a need that's for, for some people. Now I have an air conditioner. My house came with one. I, I rarely turn it on. I, and I mostly from a cost standpoint, they, they tend to consume a lot of, uh, electrical costs. So and, and I'm comfortable in my house. I just open some windows, a breeze comes through. I, I, I prefer that. So for me, my house came with air conditioner. I rarely use it. So that's a, that was, a, I thought, a great example where it could evolve into a need. No, I, that's but, a phenomenal example. But the function utility, you mentioned a winter coat. So I, I bought a winter coat that's got a zip-in, zip-out lining. Yeah, that's why I definitely, mentioned it because you'd mentioned yeah, that. Definitely that was more winter coat than I needed. I, I almost never zip out that lining. So clearly I spent more money in that winter coat than I needed to. I I overbought. In fact, so my my need, the, my winter coat was a need and it transitioned to in a little bit of a want. So, and you know, and because of that, I have, I'm going to say, I, I wish I would have consulted somebody on that. You know, do you think I need this? And somebody might've said, well, I can't imagine you ever taking that liner out. But uh, yeah, so functional utility is a great measuring stick is if you're satisfying a want or a need. So a couple a couple things to unpack, keep unpacking about point number two here about exceeding its functional utility. And my second one, my, my question, I guess, is next. When you're already outlaying a certain amount of dollars on something, so either a jacket, which it's not kind of 20 bucks to throw away, it's, it's it, it, your, your high quality jacket can be pretty expensive. How if if you're already putting out say two hundred dollars for two hundred for thirty more dollars you can get this extra feature that you might use how, and it whereas if if what if you didn't put what if you kind of just bought a two hundred dollar jacket and and you wished you had that extra thirty I mean so instead of of you might have to go repurchase that another jacket for two hundred thirty to get that feature if it's really make it or break it I, I mean that might be a bad example but if we're talking about a car if we're talking about anything how how much should we plan for the, the what ifs? So here's a great example to that one. And that's a great, great question. So anyone who's bought a dishwasher or a washing machine Ooh, or a dryer. Yes. Okay. Yes. The more, every time you're in there buying it, you know, you, you, I know with the washer and the dishwasher, you know, the, the next model up had, you know, seven more cycles, right? It, 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 it washed. Or a couple it, more it had, fabric settings. Yeah. Like they all have more buttons, right? More, more settings. And the fact of the matter is we've been pushing the same button to wash our dishes in our dishwasher since we bought it. It's got all these other cycles. Never use them. Never. The washing machine, we use three cycles on it. That is it. Three. And I think it has like 11, which is insane. And now we paid a premium for that. So we got sucked in. So just generally speaking, anytime I've ever bought anything and I have gone for the upgraded model, I've always regretted it i've never said wow i'm glad i have those 11 cycles <laughs> you know i'm i'm going through those constantly so i have never regretted i've always regretted buying the upgraded model in in almost everything and is that because of so it sounds like your dishwasher and your washing machine you might have overextended so is this just something that you kind of have to experience the pain of, of spending a little bit more and not using those features to to realize is this something you kind of just have to experience the problem is you you will I, I the next time I replace my dishwasher I will have forgot about that or they'll have new features so I, I can't even say 
I, I would or wouldn't use them because the, they're going to be completely new from the last time I bought it. So, for instance, my washing machine, the one I replaced was a top loader. The new, the next one was a front loader. And the, the guy selling to me, he was really good. <laughs> he said... <laughs> Shiny. He said, oh, on these front loaders, you know, you'll use all these cycles. And he, I forget why. He he made up some reason and it, it sounded pretty solid. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I have never... Uh, I've never looked back. I'm, I'm just thinking of it now. Okay. I have a MacBook Pro I'm, I'm recording this podcast on. And I, I debated whether I should get, you know, the, I, I bought the, the highest end MacBook Pro I could. And, and I don't use near the full resources of this computer. I, I could have bought a computer for considerably less money and got the job done. So, that, that's another example where I got sucked in. So, but it's I, Apple, I, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> definitely it's Apple. <laughs> but but I I bought way too much Apple computer. Fair. So an error could have satisfied, is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. That's fair. I, my last question, I think, regarding this point before we move on to point number three, is the the point of luxury. So we we've kind of alluded and mentioned the fact that a granite to- countertop would be luxury, but by you saying that the second we buy something that exceeds its function utility, that means that we can no longer have luxury in our life. Everything will be a utilitarian item. And I mean, how far can we stretch this? Is it, is it, or does that mean we're going to have low quality things or things we don't love? Like where does this stop? I guess. Well, just know that I think the, the whole point of this is to know that you're satisfying a want and not a need. So don't try to pretend and fool and fool yourself into know that you have you've spent money on a lifestyle expense. I think that's the the thing to know and and know that that be okay with that, but just know that you can't continue to lose your mind on lifestyle expenses. So this goes back to kind of the point we mentioned before heading into this list that about pursuing wants i mean so you're saying well, don't forget the, the name of this podcast that our tagline is your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices so deliberately choosing wants over needs is not going to be your path to financial independence no and, and that's and that's fair but i guess this whole point and and what you said earlier relates back to the, to the idea of, of just being aware of, of knowing what you're doing consciously because again a lot we talk a lot about how we let life slip by we we let life happen to us we don't actively choose what we're doing and actively make decisions and in, in align with our, our long-term financial goals so so you're saying here if if you know in your head that you might be overexerting yourself on with your with your mat with your macbook pro as opposed to getting an air as long you're saying it's better to kind of be just be aware that you are making that decision, you are making that sacrifice, moving you away from achieving your long-term financial goal per se. Well, I think I use that. I, I, I hopefully I'm accumulating these. I'll call them bad decisions. I really thought I was satisfying a need when I bought this, but looking back, you know, hindsight, it, it, there was definitely a lot of a lot of want in here. You know, I I wanted to convince myself I wanted the the best computer I, I could afford. So it, I, I just, I, I wish I hadn't. Is And a great point about this, now that you said that, is you say when we make a car purchase, we, we make it every few years or so, so we have the ability to kind of correct 
anything we'd like to change. And the beautiful thing about purchasing or how every purchase relates to a need or a want is that we do have the ability with, with every, with every time we pull out our debit card or our credit card, we have the ability to, to kind of learn from our previous purchase. It doesn't even matter if it was the same thing. It, it, we have the ability to kind of ask ourselves that question is, is this satisfying a need or a want? Am I going to kind of make the, the same purchase mistake or, or good purchase decision that I did the last time I pulled my debit or my credit card out of my wallet? Well, you know, when you go on Amazon, everyone shops on Amazon. It's, it's, I, I can't imagine anyone who doesn't. Ask yourself when you're on Amazon, are you shopping for wants or needs? And I'll bet you 95% of the time you are looking to satisfy a want. It's a trap. And, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with wants. I, I have wants. I satisfy wants on a regular basis. But don't let it get in the way of your wealth goals. No, I, I love that. That's that's super, super true. I want to move on to point number three of five in identifying a want versus a need. And I, again, to reiterate, Trevor, I really like that point that you made, that it's not a bad thing, again, to, to satisfy a want. We just need to know whether it's a want or a need. And that's where, again, this list um, comes into play. So number three is where would this purchase appear in your budget? So I, I like this point, but what is what does this point mean in actuality? So everyone should have a documented budget. I, I have one. It's a smartphone app. And when I buy something, my, my wife is the bookkeeper of the family, but she says to me, where do you want me to put this when we buy something? And where, what she means is what category do you want me to charge this, this spending to? And I might say, well, you know, that's a um, home maintenance expense. And, and, and we might argue the point saying, no, it, I think it's more of a home improvement expense. And just say we land on home improvement. Well, that home improvement is in in our discretionary spending, meaning this is not a survival cost. This is this is a luxury we're buying something for our house that we don't need, but we we decided we wanted. So, if you're putting, for instance, your utility bill in your home in your home budget, that that water, electricity, heat, those are needs. So, where this expense shows up in your in your in your budget will dictate you know if you're honest with yourself you'll know it's it, it belongs so instant when i bought my winter coat so we in our family budget we have me and my wife have our allowances and that's where our 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 want spending goes and so my winter coat was not a it went into the non-discretionary spending it's 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 a it's a line item in our budget where if I need winter boots or a winter coat, that that's not a luxury. So it, it shows up as a discre- is non-discretionary spending, meaning I can't survive without it. And I think a fabulous way to kind of go about doing that and something I know I've implemented in my own budget is to um, kind of divide your budget into discretionary and non-discretionary spending. Um, I call it discretionary and then living. And, uh, and then I have one for home as well. And that includes kind of the uh, basic utilities and, and rent expense to kind of keep me off the streets. But if, if we always say if, if, if stuff hit the fan, the first thing that would kind of go is all that discretionary spending. So it kind of keeps a way to so you can literally just chop, just chop it out. And you have kind of the core things that that is our, our, our needs. And when you're reviewing your budget and you, you can start to see your your non your 
discretionary spending growing as a percentage of your total spending, you, you start to realize, okay, I've been on the a want run for a while. No, definitely. And I, I, this is really off topic, but I just want to slide this in that um, we've, we, uh, we, we got a lot of questions about what budgeting app we use. And um, we use one called Home Budget. I know this sounds like a like an ad. It's not at all. We're not being paid or sponsored um, for this uh, this this app, but we we actually do love it and use it. Um, Michael, who's been on the podcast before, actually uses it too. Um, Trevor uses it, and I use it. We use the paid version, um, and it's it's one that we've uh, we've really enjoyed. You're able to kind of reconcile with your bank account, your credit card, your cash, without actually attaching any of your bank accounts to the app. So it's it's a really great um, great platform. But if uh, if anyone is using something they love even more or better, um, we we always love expanding horizons and. and learning about new new apps and uh, budgeting softwares. Well, and not to give too much away, but next week's show is our annual budgeting show. Ooh. We're going to do, do a part one, a part two. Of course, part one is why you should have a budget. Part two is how to budget. And we're in the how to budget, we're going to go into the, the app that we love so much. I'm already running next week's show. Anyway, stay tuned then. That's a good lead in. Um, so back on track to this episode though. So th- that was point number three. Where would this appear in your budget? So uh, there's f- five points in this list. So point number four is you have buyer's remorse. So Trevor, do we always just get buyer's remorse on when we purchase wants? Have you ever had that on a really expensive need that you purchased? Well, <laughs> I'll go back to the, the basics. Have you ever uh, had buyer's remorse for buying toilet paper? <laughs> No, not a, not a chance, right? So when you satisfy needs, you're never you're never saying, "Oh, should I have bought this?" or you know, we didn't really need this. So the buyer's remorse is a horrible feeling, and I get it. I I get buyer's remorse every time I satisfy a want. I always, and my wife might be talks me down, saying, "No, it it wasn't crazy," but buyer's remorse is when you bought something. And you get it home and you realize oh, this wasn't, you know, everything I was hoping it was going to be, right? You're never going to feel that way about a want. Like if you needed winter boots or a new pair of shoes, you know, you're walking around, your feet are sore, you get a new pair of shoes. You're never, you rarely are you going to have buyer's remorse. Yeah, no, that that's that's fair. And and what if our kind of our buyer's remorse, what if we've never felt that? What if we don't know what that feels like? It, does that mean... I mean, it's kind of a little, I feel like, sticky to follow the mentality that you'll know if it was a want because you feel buyer's remorse. Well, buyer's remorse, you, so, you know, the problem with a lot of these, these five things, the downside to these is they tend to be reflection. I, you know, you're reflecting on something you've already done, right? So that, that's the downside to this list of, you won't know if there's a want or a need generally until you've actually made the purchase. And so this is to help you see the light, to see, oh, this was wrong. So the buyer's remorse is obviously an after the fact. You know, where would this appear in my budget? Well, you're not going to really give that much thought until you're trying to enter it into your budget, so therefore you've already spent the money. Uh, The functional utility, uh, you're really not, you're hard-pressed. You can speculate on something's functional utility, but you're hard-pressed to speculate until you actually have it, right? And then the justification, that could happen before, but uh, quite often it happens after the fact. So I'm going to say the, the justification, when you're justifying something you've, you've bought and you're justifying, trying to justify it as a need, 
And if you can't, you might slip into buyer's remorse. And I do want to add on to this just because you kind of spoke to it um, earlier with with decisions that you make and your wife saying, oh, it's not the craziest thing. It can sometimes be extremely dangerous um, to, to kind of look to the people around us and um, to kind of make us feel better or, or tell us it wasn't the craziest thing to buy something because we have already bought it. You say this all the time, Trevor, with Amazon. Sometimes reading the the reviews on Amazon are a little bit questionable because it's it's, it's maybe a bunch of people trying to justify their purchase. Well, a couple of things on that. So where I work, like the parking lot has is 75% trucks without question. So I'm not going to go ask anybody there if I should buy a truck <laughs> ever, right? And then also at work, I have this small group of, I call them geeky iPhone friends. And I'm never asking those guys, should I get the latest phone? So you, you need to find accountability people in your life who will be honest with you and, and, and tell you, you don't really need that. Or, or, you know, that is clearly a need. Are you sure you, you want to go there? No, but that's a valid point. So the last point in identifying if something is a want versus a need is you buy it on credit. This one seems obvious, but I, does, is this one, why is it at the bottom of the list? I guess. Well, th- this is when things have gone completely off the rails, right? You've, you've come, you, you have lost your mind you are satisfying that you can't afford. You know, this, this is where it has gone completely. This, this is the worst possible outcome you could have. You're buying something you can't afford. You're buying, you're, you're buying something you don't need or, or you're satisfying a need. You're buying something, sorry, you're satisfying a want, not a need, and you can't even afford it. You know, this is where things have gone completely off the rails. So if you have to buy it on, so I'm not saying use your credit card. I, I use my credit card as a form of payment, but I knowingly buy something knowing I won't be able to pay off the balance on this credit card if I buy this 75-inch TV. You know, that that is, you're, you're, you're without question, if you're using credit, chances are you're satisfying a want. Definitely. And, and, I- it, and if you are satisfying needs with a credit card, you have really big problems. So, then, so if you're if you're paying survival needs with a credit card, you've what you have is an, an unsustainable life. So, again, on credit, it, it better not be a need you're 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 paying for. But if you have to use credit to buy it, then it's it's got to be a want. Before we jump on to the the five how to control your wants, I do have a question when it comes to maybe healthier lifestyle decisions. And I, I say that because I'm, I'm just thinking about, um, I don't want to say throughout specifically gym memberships, but um, gym memberships, um, health foods. Again, I, I know you can kind of go off the rails on, on uh, expensive health foods, but where does kind of those, how, how, how do we kind of talk ourselves down or talk ourselves up or with, with, trying to justify or go about processing things that are that are going to better our health or, or is it always a yes or is it there's still that want for his need so here's a good example so the gym members is a great one so uh, i've been trying to get i i sit for a living so getting fitness into my life is very important the older i get and i have tried different things to get fitness into my life i, I i've tried different exercise routines at home and in the winter, I just go off the rails because I, 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 
I used to be a runner. My knees started bothering me. So I'd run in the summer and in the spring, in the fall. But come winter, my, my exercise regime would just fall off the rails. So I got a gym membership. And I'm saying in my life, the fact that I sit for a living, I sit for eight hours a day, and I have tried with great effort to come up with a, a home exercise routine and have failed miserably. So I got a gym membership. And what I found is when I'm at the gym and I see other people exercising, pushing themselves really hard, it motivates me to do the same. So I'm saying in my life, that gym membership, given my, the, my, life, my lifestyle and my age, that is a need, not a want. So hearing that, it, it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about the air conditioning and just how where you are in your life and and something it sounds like it's something you have reevaluated as you've gotten older. Maybe when you were younger, your knee you said your knee didn't really hurt when you ran, so that kind of enabled you to do a a low cost um, physical activity. But now again, you, it sounds like you reevaluated and you this be the gym is again as it sounds like become kind of a need in keeping you you physically fit and physically healthy so i i like that and i think i think there are i'm sure you could agree with this some areas that are definitely a little bit more there's that kind of gray area that fine line where it requires more thought and consideration to to really know and understand for yourself whether it's a want or a need a sixty five thousand dollar truck if, if you're just driving on like a car yeah, that that's definitely um, a want, but I I think it, that's where that that where that fine line comes in is where it can kind of get a little confusing and tricky. I would say if you're looking, if it, if it looks like a gray line to you and it's the it's it's kind of blurred and you can't really decide, it chances are it's a want. I like that. No, I like that. One in doubt, it's it, it might be a want. So uh, let's go into how to control your wants. So we have wants. It's human. We know we're going to have them. How can we get a hold of them before they get a hold of us? So your first of five, uh, five ways to do that is have a documented budget. So if you have a documented budget and you manually handle every expense, and next week we're going to talk about why that's so important, no automation, and you you look at it at a regular intervals, like monthly at the very least, you, you can start to see where you're, and if you're honest, where you put these, these wants into your spending budget, you, you, can, you start to visually see the damage it's causing. You, you start to vis- visually see how it's getting in the way of your financial goals. But, but having a documented budget w- without it, it's just noise. It's just in the background. And once you've spent the money, you're moving on to the next thing. But the budget, the documented budget, forces you to reflect on the decisions you have made. And that is a great way when, when you can visually see that all my Amazon purchases are getting out of control. All my Bluetooth earbud purchases are getting <laughs> out of control. But no, I I am glad that um, that this point is number one. It's important. And I'm also glad that we are doing a two-part series next week on this because um, it, it, if, if anyone hasn't hasn't been here, we, we definitely touch on this point. It, interwi- it intertwines itself into every episode one way or another. But I, I agree with that, Trevor. At the, the base of everything is always is reflecting on your budget, how these purchases fit into it. Uh, point number two, I love it. It's be an adult. Yeah, so... 
children, they focus on their wants, right? They, they want things all the time. Adults, if you want to be an adult, you focus on your needs first. So just, just be an adult given a financial decision-making situation. Just be responsible. Do the responsible thing. Be an adult. You, you'll never regret taking the adult mentality to your financial decisions. And I think adults, they face sacrifices. They have to make choices, hard choices. So I think that kind of intertwines into this point as well. You, sometimes you can't have all the vacations and all the shiny things. And you do have to focus, um, pull up your socks when times get tough. And like you said, focus on, on the needs or sorry, the wants. No, the needs, the needs, the needs, focus on the needs. Um, point number three here and how to control your wants is adopt a life-changing philosophy. And in this case, you've thrown in an example such as minimalism. Yeah, so if, if, you, if, you can, if you can have a reason, an overarching reason to focus on less on wants, so if, if you can join a movement like minimalism, I'm a fan of it, and if that helps you in any aspect of your life, so if you can't do it on your own, but just if if this podcast can't help you focus on more on needs, less on wants, if minimalism, if you read some books on it, follow the minimalists, if they can move the needle for you, then then adopt that philosophy. I mean, it it's something I adopted a long time ago, and I well, obviously not with Bluetooth earbuds, <laughs> but I did with all the other aspects of my life, and it's made a difference for me. When we talk about um, like uh, life-changing philosophies, would something such as um, early financial independence would that qualify as kind of a philosophy, or is that more kind of an end goal? No, that that's a that's a, a movement. I think it's called Fire. So, financial independence, early retirement is a sort of an acronym for Fire, and that that's a movement as well. So, if 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 you can get on, on behind any of these these movements that that keep that basically keep you focused, then then I think it could help. And I think um, picking, I guess, or selecting or identifying with a movement that is conducive to bringing your wants and your needs um, more to the surface and, and keeping a more awareness of them is, is help is more helpful than maybe a life changing philosophy. Um, that the focus is not on that. I mean, there's there's philosophies about veganism or, or zero waste and they are those can be positive but they they might not necessarily move you in the the wants first needs direction but you know what these these movements do like minimalism or, or, or early financial independence these movements they often give you the why the why you're not going out and just satisfying your fluffy wants right it, they give you the reason why you're not doing it. They give you a, a good reason to not do it. They give you a, a solid outcome if you don't do it, right? So these movements, they tend to be, uh, take a lot of mystery out of it and, 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 and give you something to follow other than the masses. No, that's, uh, that's extremely fair. So, so maybe, and that might even kind of relate back to kind of how I don't have myself a kind of a long-term goal. I know I want to be financially independent as per, I'm sure, individuals listening to this as well. But maybe if you can't decide what you're, why you're listening to this podcast and why you are living a financially um, fr- frugal life, maybe it is because at some level you have identified with a certain life-changing philosophy at some level, whether it be minimalism or or, or financial independence, whether you've kind of identified that as or not. 
So number four, this is our second last point of how to control your wants. Um, number four is focus. If you can focus, if you can, if you can stay focused in your life or narrow your focus, and I have this expression, on any interest or hobby, you're better off to go 10 feet deep rather than 10 feet wide. And an example of that would be, and my, my son kind of brought this to my attention. He, so he, he loves canoeing and he also loves woodworking. And he, he has this, this theory that he only chooses hobbies that lead to other hobbies. So he wants to build a canoe and he enjoys canoeing. He wants to build wooden snowshoes and he enjoys snowshoeing. So that's an example of going 10 feet deep. And and by going 10 feet deep, you, you tend to, so a, a hobby in general is a want, right? But if you can go really deep into a hobby and really focused and narrow, so here's one, furniture making. I, I enjoy furniture making. If, if I wanted to set up a shop that could build any kind of furniture possible, well, I'd need such an array of tools. I, I would, I would I'd lose my mind spending money on tools. But if I decided I'm just going to be a chair maker, well, the set of tools you need to make chairs is so specific and so narrow in scope, you will not have spent a, a fortune in tools. And you will become an expert chair maker. You'll enjoy the hobby even more. So I'm saying focus. So when you do spend on wants, just be super focused, narrow, narrow focus. I love that point. And last but not least, and maybe my favorite in this list of how to control your wants is practice gratitude. Yeah, so you need to value the things you already have. I mean, if, if you're... If you're always wanting that next adrenaline hit, that next satisfy that next want, it becomes a slippery slope. It never ends. So you need to look around your house and just appreciate the things that you do have. And just know that we are, even with our wants here in Canada, we are solving first world problems. You know, we be 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 grateful that you you are you do live in Canada and you you do have first world problems. So and if you can practice gratitude, I, I think you, your wants will go away in a hurry. And on that note, that brings us to the end of today's episode on wants versus needs. If you have any other ways that you identify wants versus needs in your own life or any other tips or strategies that you implement to kind of get your wants under control, we'd love to hear those. You can always reach out to us via email at livelifesimple.ca or through our contact submission form at livelifesimple.ca. Um, we love hearing uh, from you, everyone who's listening uh, and reading uh, really inspiring and, and, and thought-provoking emails that we do receive. So um, we, it's, it's something we really look forward to. And on that note, that brings us to the end of today's episode on Wants for Needs. Thank you so much for being with us today and, and taking part in this episode. We can't wait to have you here back with us next week as we embark on um, a two-part episode dedicated to budgeting. Until then, keep it 